Our scripture text this morning comes from Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 21. And we read there, and it says, When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified. If, while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, And gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law. Christ died for nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we hear these words this morning. I had a question and I wondered. If you've ever had a moment or a time in life where you have been let down by someone who you held in high esteem, high regard, maybe it was a family member, a parent, maybe it was a good friend, maybe a political figure or a historical figure that you thought was someone that was of good esteem, that that they lived a good life and you, you viewed them highly And then something happened. They did something that goes against character, against who you knew them to be or why you look up to them. And it causes you to question. Or maybe you don't cause to question whether they're a good person or not and you go into a defensive state and and start saying, well, they slipped up once, but that's no reason to turn on them. I'm sure there's countless examples of people we view in high regard letting us down. In fact, I think we could look throughout history, we could look at the current 
state of politicians, of leaders, of church leaders, of people from all areas of life around the world that have a high office and have let people down. But I want to use a a historical example this morning and thinking of Sir John A. Macdonald, the first Prime Minister of Canada. And if you remember, maybe a couple years ago, in 2018, there was a lot of movement to have John A. Macdonald, his name, his face, his statues, removed from public. And one of those places, like I said, is, is from his face being removed from the $10 bill and instead having Viola Desmond and her face placed on the $10 bill. And at that time, there was a bit of unrest and some upset people. Because Sir John A. Macdonald is the first Prime Minister of Canada. He, he brought the colonies together to be the Dominion of Canada. This is an important measure of history. And so how could we remove his face of all the faces from our currency? But at the same time, there was also question about his role in the development of the residential school system and some of the darker moments of his history and his past. And so in a time when his legitimacy as holding a place on our currency was in question, especially around things of of racial, racial reconciliation and seeking reconciliation in our country for some of the harms done historically, to the indigenous people. Then instead we have Viola Desmond who is a front runner and a forerunner of the, the racial rights movement and civil rights movement in Canada being placed on the $10 bill. And so there are some people who got defensive. There are some people who cheered and praised a movement of reconciliation going forward. But either way, it brought John A. Macdonald, Sir John A. Macdonald, into a new light to view the whole of his life. But surprise, surprise, regardless of whether Sir John A. Macdonald or Viola Desmond or any other human being on the face of the earth save for Jesus Christ himself, if their face was on that $10 bill, it would be the face of a sinner. A face of someone who at some point has let us others down. And in our text this morning, we hear of an example where Paul is painting a picture for the churches in Galatia. That they were under attack. And they were under attack by a group of people known as the Judaizers. A group of people who came in and said that in order to be saved, in order to have salvation and inheritance alongside Christ, That we needed to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, yes, but also the people in the church there needed to follow Jewish customs. And in fact, the, the, the main area that they were focusing on was for the men in the church, that these Gentile men who claimed to be Christian, that they could not feel assured in their salvation unless they had the mark of the covenant, which was circumcision. And so these Judaizers, this group of people who are preaching a gospel of Jesus plus Jewish customs, were sweeping the provinces of Galatia by storm. 
And if we were to look back earlier in in our letter to the Galatians, we would see that Paul has already been writing and encouraging the Galatian church and saying, we need to remember that our salvation is not by our works. It's not by our obedience to the law. It's not by our actions, but it's by grace alone. And then we come to our text, and Paul paints a picture of how one of the giants, the heroes of the faith of the early church, especially for the Judaizers, one of the original disciples, Peter, Cephas, the rock on which the church would be built, how he too struggled with the very challenge that these Judaizers are bringing. And how even Peter needed to be taken down a notch. Needed to be reminded of the danger of losing sight of the good news that we are saved by grace through Jesus Christ. And so we read in our text this interaction between Paul and Peter. And as we read this, it, it, it could be read as a historical telling of an event, but what we find is actually Paul writing in a letter to the churches in Galatia about something that happened previously. This isn't Paul writing about an event he was experiencing currently, but he's using this as an example to the churches in Galatia. And he writes of how Peter had come to visit And that when Peter came to visit him in Antioch, that they were eating together, Jews and Gentiles alike. And of course this would make sense because if we know our scriptures well, we know that Peter received his own vision of the the blanket being lowered with the foods all on it and that, that they could eat together and there was no longer clean and unclean food and this was symbolic of Jew and Gentile alike being welcomed to be together under the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And so Peter received that vision and and he came and he was living it out. They were eating together, Jews and Gentiles alike. But then a little crowd shows up. And they are sent by James from Jerusalem. A group of Jewish men, Jewish Christian men. And we hear that Peter suddenly sees them and starts to glide backwards, moving away from the Gentiles moving away from eating with them, from abandoning his Jewish customs. And so Paul calls Peter out. He calls Peter out that he's living out of fear for the circumcision group, a name for the Judaizers, the ones who would say that in order to be saved, we need to believe in Jesus Christ as well as hold Jewish customs. But Paul, he doesn't hesitate to see the hypocrisy that Peter is living. That depending on the crowd, depending on the people who are around him, he will welcome Gentiles fully one moment and then back off and separate himself from them completely in the next. And I think this is important Because we see Paul using an example, not trying to belittle Peter in a way of saying, he has no place in the church. He has no reason to be here. He's a hypocrite and should be thrown out to the dogs. But what we hear is Paul using an example 
trying to explain to the Galatian Christians who are wrestling with this very same issue of do I need to follow Jewish customs to be saved or not? And he uses the example of Peter and says even Peter slips back into that way of thinking. Even the mighty Peter, the rock on which the church will be built, he falls, he slips, he falls short. But then Paul continues. And as he recounts their conversation, he moves it forward to a place once again of encouraging the Galatian churches in their call to live by grace, not by works. To live as if their salvation is not earned by what they do or how well they obey the law. And there becomes this beautiful moment in our text where instead of simply focusing on Peter's hypocrisy and that Peter had slipped and that there is a danger there, that that even Barnabas, Paul's companion, had slipped into that same hypocrisy, that Paul names that but then says, here is instead how we ought to live and he shares his own testimony in the end of our text of experiencing the grace of Jesus Christ, that is that we are justified in Jesus Christ. And he says this starting in verse 17 again. If while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? And he says, absolutely not. This doesn't mean that we're justified by Christ so we get to just go keep on sinning. He says, no, if I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. And here we hear Paul starting to refer to the fact that he himself was a Jew. Earlier in our text, or in Galatians in the letter, he writes of how he was a zealous Jew who, he, who persecuted Christians on behalf of the law. And so Paul knew the law. He lived under the law. But a part of his coming to know the grace of Jesus Christ is that he could die to that law. That is the old self that he sheds to live fully in the grace of Christ. And he continues on. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. See, Paul lived under the law. He knew the Jewish customs, but he also saw and received the good news of Jesus Christ. That we are saved by faith through Jesus Christ. Not that we are saved by faith and works. In his book, Reading the Bible Through the Jesus Lens, Dr. Michael Williams reflects on the book, The Letter of Galatians, and talking about what the hook questions of this book might be. And he says, as Paul comes back around time and time again, 
to battling these Judaizers. So one of the questions we can ask is, are you a human being or a human doing? Because when these Judaizers raise this concern and as Peter starts to act in, in a way that said, I need to live according to the Jewish traditions, this became a space where they receive the grace of Jesus Christ, the good news that they are saved through Jesus Christ, but it meant they had to do a certain thing. It meant they had to live according to the law now simply because of what Christ has done. But it isn't about doing. It's about being. And as we hear Paul's testimony here at the end, talking of dying to the law, of being crucified with Christ so that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Paul is calling the Galatian church to be the people of God. Not to do things that look like things the people of God might do. And so we hear this challenge coming connected with an example of one of the leaders of the church falling and yet becomes a call to the Galatian church to not give in, to not follow the hypocrisy of the Judaizers, but to remember, to embody, to live out the grace of God, the grace that they are saved, that they are forgiven And that their salvation and their justification, it comes by faith. Not by obedience to the law, but by living out an attitude, a way of being that shows the grace of God active and present in their lives. You see, we hear these words and I think they are very, very important in our lives today because we too see those examples of the mighty ones, the esteemed leaders, whether it be in our families, our church, our government, that rise and fall. And really, we could say that we don't need to be all that surprised because, as I mentioned earlier, every human face we would put on a $10 bill is going to be a sinful face. Save for the face of Jesus Christ. We are saved by what Christ has done. There is no amount of doing we can accomplish to earn our salvation. As Paul ends here, if there was, if that was a possibility, then Christ would have died for nothing. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if we believe In Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died for our sins, we must understand that that means that our actions cannot and will not ever earn our salvation. But it is a gift of grace that we receive. It is a faith that we believe in. And it is a calling then to be in that grace to be Christians, to be followers of God.
who live out of grace. Amen.